Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. we got a great show planned for you. We're going to be talking about all the things that are important to all of us. But uh, we're going to be starting the show with something that for a lot of us might uh, drudge up some funky funky feelings uh some it might even seem a little irrelevant to some of us so uh we're all going to find our place within this topic we're going to talk about how to return to dating and relationships um also at some point though we'll be sliding into those dms so if you've got a question for us drop in the dms on our love line ig page always open whatever you're wondering about bam 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 drop questions in there we got answers for you and uh topics you want covered things you want us to circle back to Producer Alex will get that to us, to you, to me. We'll be dropping in on that. And then uh, past episodes, always over at wearechannelq.com. So dating, bum, 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 bum. I know it brings up a lot for us. Even if you're in a current relationship, even if you've been married for a while, everyone has dating stories. Uh, has it gotten easier? Has it gotten worse? Well, it depends on who you are, and it also depends on who you ask. Uh, funky, funky stuff. But it's where we really learn a lot about ourselves. That's why I love the work I do both working with relationships and sexuality because all of our stuff is in there. I say it all the time to people that it's easiest when we're single. It doesn't mean that life is made better because we're single, but we don't go up against ourselves in the ways that we have to when we are in a relationship. So certain psychological trigger points and struggles kind of remain dormant or quiet. And that's why it doesn't matter who we're talking about, even the most evolved people, these spiritual gurus, all sorts of individuals, those that we think, you know, sit in the top of the privilege pile, they all show up in my office and it brings everyone to their knees because like I said, all of our stuff is brought forward, all of our unhealed wounds. Very few people really fall under a category of having just had a very beautiful, smooth journey, never being harmed, uh, never, never being up against some of the things others of us are. So all this to say, there's never the most ideal time to step into dating. I think that's one of the first points, I guess, is I have different people in my own life, clinically, but also my own personal life that really do believe, and they might consciously say, no, 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 I know that I don't, that's not true, but then their unconsciousness is what really guides them, and they do think that there's like a perfect time, and there isn't. There, there, there might be times where we might think we have more energy or more space, and that's meaningful because I think dating is really about having energy and having space in your life because what, guys, we've talked about this, what are the things we're trying to bring in or look for? Consistency, reliability, availability, and responsiveness. That's, that's the metric. That's what we're trying to bring to those that we're dating, and that's what we're looking for in others. So yes, we do have to have energy. We do have to have time and space in our lives. So I do appreciate some people that are saying, look, based on my work schedule, what's going on with the kids? Maybe I'm a single parent. Maybe I'm working multiple jobs. I appreciate saying I don't really have the space to bring that in. It's going to be complex. So we can own that. But then there are some factors outside of that that people really get hung up on their age, their how they feel about their desirability, uh, stuff they've went through in the past. A lot of that doesn't get resolved until we step back in. Relational wounds are best healed within relationality. So stepping back in, giving relationality a chance to maybe prove you wrong or to show you that more exists is important. So we always have to hold space for that. But yes, our past experiences will definitely impact our perception of what's possible and what's to come. So I, I empathize with that. I sympathize with that. I honor that. But holidays are here. You might be thinking, why not gift myself a little bit of more joy and fun? And, and hear what I just said. Gift myself a little bit more joy and fun. 
that should be what we seek when we're dating and in a relationship. Relationships take work, but not that much work. If they take a lot and a lot of work, then you are not compatible. Your nervous systems aren't compatible. Your trigger points might not be compatible due to trauma or just due to who you are as human beings in the world. Just because we want to be with someone, just because it worked at one time, just because we find someone attractive, does not mean that we have what it takes to pull it off. We might not be psychologically compatible. Our nervous systems might not be compatible. And that just kind of is. So again, we are looking for joy and fun. I say this all the time. Our lives should be made better because we bring people into them. So make sure as someone out there dating people that you being in, you know brought into their lives are making it better. Please don't let yourself off the hook by thinking if I haven't met this person yet or we haven't exchanged numbers, then my behavior doesn't matter and I can treat people however, disposably, poorly, whatever it is. No, your, your, your integrity is on the line from the minute you step into the dating world in whatever way that means, by asking people out, by going on an app, by starting to talk to or match with people on an app. All of that counts and all that matters. So take that seriously because again, how we interact and interface with others, right? And, and what we allow from others while in the dating world on, on the apps just makes that whole system better and feel good for people or it makes it harder and more complicated for all of us. Because as you wound people, they then wound people and then some of those people become the people that wound you down the road. It becomes this nasty feedback loop and system. If we all started showing up better, everyone would be feeling better and everyone would be acting better and no one would go, oh, dating. This is horrible because that's really mostly what I'm hearing. And it shouldn't be that way. That's not why we do this. <laughs> that's not how it works. All right, we're going to take a little break. We'll come back, keep talking about uh, how to be a better human being, but also dating. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back and uh, we're talking about dating, but we're also talking about how to be a better person. They all, they all really coexist and intermingle. I, 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 whether you realize it or not, I like really weave that thread being better <laughs> into every topic. It really matters. But uh, before the break, we're just talking about in a wide view angle, we're, we're kind of panning out and from a macro perspective, just looking at the dating world and how we all contribute to making people roll their eyes or sigh or go, I give up. We, we all do, those of us that are part of that. I'm not in there anymore. Um, but when I was, I tried to remind myself, like every time you interact with someone, you're, you're making this system better and easier and more fun, or you're making it harder and you're making people feel worse and you're making people not want to participate in it. And that's not why we're doing that. And I think we've lost that. I think we've lost focus of two things. 
uh, we don't take seriously enough, again, our mental health while we're in relationships, which means how we impact people and how they impact us. I think we stay in relationships that are toxic or not working for us far too long because we've normalized that we've normalized a lot of toxic behaviors. If, if you guys are fighting and name calling and attacking, it is either time to sit down and be better. It is either time to get into couples therapy or it's time to part ways and to say this is not healthy. I think we've normalized being in really bad relationships. I hear friends talking about what's going on in their relationships, and I'm like, get out of that, period. That is that that is a mess. But then I also think it's the way we interface in general in those spaces. So for those <laughs> that are not daunted, do not find daunting everything I just said, and you're still on board for dating and relationships, which, you know, again, God bless it. God bless it. It's such a we we all live on this continuum where we are pulled, there are these two forces that are always pulling at us. On one side, we want autonomy, we want freedom, we wanna do us, we just wanna worry about ourselves, we are very self-directed and self-focused, but then we have this other end of the continuum, which is we want relationship, we want pair bonding, we want companionship, we wanna be mirrored. We want to fuse with someone and have someone witness life with us. We want to be able to borrow functioning from someone. We want someone to help co-regulate us. We want to form a we and an us and, and kind of regressively give up that individuation. And we sit between those two pieces. Some people are further towards one side, you know, more towards one side, less towards the other. Some people sit directly in the middle. But most of us, and there are people that are aromantic or asexual, so there are some people that very much don't sit within that tension, or they're very, like I said, very much on the one end of, of really being built more towards so, uh, solo functioning, solo sexuality, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's what drives us back out there. You know, we see it glamorous and romanticized on television, like falling in love. It's so magical. You know, we also want to get out in the world and do something with someone. I mean, it's part of one of my favorite things about my relationship is there's this other person with which to witness the world and to experience it with, but also experience it through them. And then to also experience it deeper by processing what we just went through, what we experienced together. So it's like multi-tiered. We just um, spent... The weekend, looking at a lot of art, going to a lot of museums, uh, which I talk often about because music and art is very healing for me. It's therapeutic. It's spiritual. It, um, my God, I could go on and on about why it's so powerful and transformative for me. But nonetheless, I noticed what what was great is going through that with someone, also seeing someone else's experience of it, having that experience widened and deepened by us processing what we're looking at, but then also coming home and talking about the generalized experience, like what that was like for each of us and what meaning that held. That's intimacy. That's that's bonding. That's connecting. So, I also want to I want to normalize that we 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 have culturally shamed some of these terms, and we have programs that actively work against some of these things. Um, a lot of what we call codependent isn't. It's actually interdependent and healthy to borrow functioning from someone, to want co-regulation, to be excited to have someone, to want someone, to have your life made better because of relationship. Most of us are better when we're in relationships. Yes, our stuff comes up and it can make things harder psychologically and emotionally because we are seen, we're shown where our wounds are and we have to interface with them and work through them. But it also can make our lives better because we have someone else in our corner. And this is empirically validated that we are better when we're in relationships. And I don't mean just romantic. I mean in all forms, social, familial. We need other people to help hold us up. Um, we need to rely on others. We need people to provide what we call a safe base where we know that they're there and we feel safe going out into the world and exploring. We are more confident when we are in relationship with others. But then we also, they serve as what we call a safe haven, a place we know we can return to, to get care and support. And we need both. And we can find that in friends. We can find that in romantic partners, but we need that. And that's what dating can provide. And I wish I had had that answer all prepared. And I shared this on the show once before. I'll share this again. I was running a group. I used to run um, healthy sex and, and dating groups for um, at this inpatient treatment program. And as I would talk about what was required to be a healthy partner, this girl, God bless her, very honest, put her hand up and said, why, if that's what it looks like, would anyone want to do it? Looks like a lot of work to me. And, and it was a very beautiful question. And for a minute there, looking at the weight of everything I'd kind of put on the board and said, this is what the work is. I thought you're right. How daunting and overwhelming all of that is. But here's my answer because we're better for it. 
because the work we do with partners is the work we need to do with others. And like I said, also, it helps us be better and more grounded and confident in the world when we have that base from which to go off into the world and that haven to come back to. That's attachment theory. That is what we seek in a partnership. Uh, proximity seeking and contact maintenance, which means we should feel off when our partner is not connected to us. And it's healthy that we're always seeking presence and reconnection. But we've talked about that. We'll talk about that again. This is about dating. And I'm trying to trying to get y'all to be excited about dating. We need that mirroring. A lot of us don't get any mirroring in our lives, which means we don't have someone really seeing us and reflecting back that we have worth and value. That's what we seek in a partner. So if you have, an, if you have a partner that erodes at that or eats away at that or makes you shrink or feel smaller, then they are not able to provide one of the more important things that we need from a partner is that healthy mirroring, that positive reflection back. So if you don't have that work to be able to get that, make your relationship be able to provide that or get out. All right, we're going to talk more. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. All right, we're back. And I feel like I'm trying to sell relationships on all y'all. So those that are already in one, look around, maybe literally, maybe just figuratively and symbolically and ask yourself, is my life made better because I'm with this person? And that might be something that you need to talk to yourself about because maybe you're not allowing it to provide some really beneficial things or it's because of your partner. If you cannot say that your life has been made better, you got some work to do. Now, for those that are out there just dating and they have some people in their lives and we're dating, dating means multiple people. Dating means we're talking to multiple people, having sex with multiple people, seeing multiple people. And we're deciding if we want a relationship with anyone. Because remember, we got to explore all levels of compatibility and we can delay sex as much as we want. But at some point you got to explore that y'all and you can do it in the beginning. You can do it on the back end, but at some point you got to. And that also helps you assess, do I want more from this person or do they want more from me? And delaying sex too long doesn't allow you to evaluate that. Once you've had sex, if you still want to see each other, well, then you know that there's more there. So it is important to do that. And also, please don't get into committed monogamous relationships with people that you haven't had sex with, thereby not being able to assess, are we compatible? Because you all love getting right into this monogamy stuff, but then you get trapped. That's why you have such a high cheating rate. That's a small part of it. It's because you all aren't taking that level seriously. You're acting like it'll figure itself out. Oh, if I think my partner's hot enough or we have enough love or we're compatible in other ways, sex will just figure itself out. Let me tell you, I've been doing this work as a sex therapist for almost two decades. That is clearly not the case. It's its own level of compatibility and functioning. You got to explore it at some point. Might as well do it on the front end. There's no shame in that game. That is a healthy part of dating, figuring that part out of ourselves. That is how we assess in our partner, how much closeness they want, how much intimacy they can tolerate. If we enjoy the same things, body esteem, trauma, boundaries, communication, bam, it's all rolled up in there. You can go on a date. Go to coffee, it's cute. But all you can talk about is what your favorite movies are. You can't really assess closeness, intimacy abilities, sexual compatibility. That happens once we start moving into that. So we do want to move into affection and sensuality and eroticism. That is the only way to explore it. Share another little story with you, which I think I haven't shared in a while. If you've listened to the show consistently, you know that Dr. D has like the big 15. There's like 15 stories I like to tell over and over because they're my favorites. When I used to run my groups in therapy, they'd be like, oh my God, that story again. And I was like, yes, I've become your dad. Um, all right, so the point of my story was, <clears throat> and again, for those that are just joining us, we're, we're, we're really talking about getting back out into the dating world, but we're really trying to assess also the relationships we're currently in, right? And also what it is we should be seeking. Because I think, again, we go just off of chemistry. So let me just drop this one on you. There's a big study done by one of the apps. Not going to mention which one. Not, not necessarily such a fan. And it was one of the apps where they show you when you're matching with people, or maybe even before you match with them, maybe it provides this. It shows you what percentage of compatibility you have. Now, there's inherently already something wrong with this because it's, it's only based in compatibility based on what we call searchable goods. It, it isn't really able to assess what, what really matters, and that's why these things fail us, but we can get to that in a minute. The, the questions they ask us, we have to all actually go see the person and experience them to see what it feels like. It's, it, it's not enough to just say, are you a dog person? Are you outdoorsy? 
people, once they like someone or they're in love with someone, they become more flexible. They're more willing to do things. These things aren't helpful. But the bigger point of the study was even when this app and its algorithm, God bless it, said that people are like, you know, 20% compatible only or 5% or God bless it, 0%. If they thought the person was hot enough, they were all in anyway. That's the power of chemistry and attraction. That's not a bad thing that, that, that it has that power, but it is a bad thing when we let that power erase acknowledgement of other things that are important that don't exist. So my point was, again, chemistry is awesome. It feels really good, but if that's all you got, it's not going to feel good daily and interpersonally because if your personalities aren't really compatible, but you think they're hot, nope, sorry, that passion doesn't make dinner time, travel time, trying to figure out things about cohabitation. It doesn't make any of that any easier or better. So don't get trapped in that. All that to say, you need to go out in the world and spend time with people. Because that's one of the things I say to my clients over and over. When in doubt, go find out. When in doubt, take them out. That's part of dating is figuring it out. Please, if you think you're going to enter dating with some you know, time conservation-based mode of like, I don't have time and I am going to use this working formula. And no, it doesn't work like that. It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. It's going to be a little messy. You got to get out there. So sooner than later, get off the apps and go see these people out in the world period. And we hang out on the apps far too long. We assess people based on the little bit of information we can get about them on an app, their height, their weight, what they're interested in. None of those things matter. The core pieces that make relationships meaningful are not rooted in someone's height, weight, how much money they make. None of that matters. Unless you're looking for a product or an object and you're materialistic in your dating pursuits and your ego needs you to have someone that looks a certain way, God bless, you're you're not really going to be great for someone if that's your perspective. But if you're really looking for intimacy and relationality, you have to go sit with the person. So meet them, meet them as soon as possible. Yes, you're going to be going on a lot of dates and when in doubts, go out again and when in doubt, go out another time. All right, we got to take a little break. We're going to do some DMs and then we're going to keep this up. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back and uh, it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Love Line IG page. Got a DM for us? Drop in the DMs on our Love Line IG page. See how that works? Beautiful stuff. All right, this one's a little bit of a long one, so stick with me. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, my name is Richie. Pandemic's been tough for everyone, but especially tough for me and my boyfriend. We both lost our jobs around the same time, and we had to move in with our, with his parents who require extra care. Sorry to hear that. That's, that's a lot for each of you to have to process uh, your own loss of employment, but then the employment loss of your partner. Um, and then for some, moving back in with parents is very stressful and I'm sorry to hear that. I, I wish we lived in a culture where we were more supportive of that and said, wow, what a great thing. You get to spend more time with your family and they get to spend time with you and that's a really beautiful thing. Um, I'm also glad you had his family to take you in. So I, I, I'm glad you had that. Uh, but you say they require extra care. Since we both didn't have jobs, he had suggested that they get rid of their caretakers and that we step in so they can save money, which we did. It's very loving of you. Um, I don't know that I could have done that. I that's really loving of you. That's it. That woof. So here it goes. We've been living rent free and taking care of them for the past year or so. Last month I was offered another job. I took it. Great. I've been saving up so my boyfriend and I can move out again. He still doesn't have a job. When I brought up the idea, he said he doesn't understand why uh, why I would want to leave and that his parents need us. I'm in a tough place because clearly I'm thankful and want to take care of his family, but I also want my space and my life back. Am I wrong for wanting this? No, of course not. I, you know, I, I value that a lot of couples want privacy. Let's just start with that for a second, that when you're living with others, but especially someone's family, you might relate to each other differently, less romance, less eroticism. And let's be honest. Whether you like the sound of it or not, those are really fun, important parts of romantic relationships. And I want people to you know, prioritize that and have access to that. Uh, and being around his family could be awkward. But I also just know that you know, it could be just complex. It's not your home. It's someone else's home. And I also value that now that you have a job, you're not going to be able to take care of them. And I think that's what is meaningful as well to say to your partner, I will no longer be home. 
I will be at my job, which I need to have for my own self-worth and self-esteem. And I would start there and explain to him, first off, why you having that job is important because I'm utilizing the skills and the parts of myself that are meaningful. Caretaking was never something that was going to provide meaning and purpose to me in my life. And for me to be a healthy, happy person, my life and my time and energy has to be rooted in things that give me purpose and meaning and value. And that helps me be me and a better partner and that that is my goal. And you can own that, that that is my priority. And then you can say, I also value us having privacy and I want to live in our own space. And you can say, you know, part of me being in a relationship is us living together and going through different stages of courtship. There's nothing wrong with that. That that isn't against his family or his parents. Both can still exist. And you can say, and at the same exact time, I'm so thankful for your family and that they took us in. But you don't have to feel bad about saying it's nothing, it's not something I'm interested in continuing. You're also allowed to say very confidently, it's not something that brings me as much meaning and value and joy as my job. And I need to have that in my life. You're allowed to own that. Don't get defensive, own it, say you're right. This is who I am, this is what I want and I'm happy to return to it. Um, and just like they at one time had a caregiver, it's time for them to get one back because again, your mental health and happiness matters as much as theirs. There's, no one's feelings are more valid than anyone else's. They had a caregiver once, it's time to bring it back. You can also say to him, this was never a long time commitment that I made. I made that commitment for as long as it was gonna take me to find a job and now I have. And then sadly, it's on him to kind of process further and figure out. Um, unless he wants to do the full-time caretaking while you're working, but I know your bigger issue is moving out and I would just own your reasoning. It's very valid reasoning. Family's important, but it looks like if they were able to have caregivers before that they'd be able to do it again and your mental health matters too. Um, I don't know many people that would want to forego all that living in the home they want to live in, in the way they want to live and to be able to participate in the career that they want to participate in. I think it can be both. You can still see his family. You can still take time to care for them on the weekends or some evenings. You can still be a part of it all, but you don't need to dedicate your entire time to that. And I think you can own that. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'd love to hear from you. Questions, topics you want covered, things you want us to circle back to, and uh, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. We'll be back. We'll be back with more great stuff. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about returning to the dating game. So I'm going to tell you the number one thing. I want you all to do before you even download the app or before you go out on another date or before you go spend time with your partner again. <laughs> this is something everyone needs to do. I want you to look at the last one, two or three relationships you were in or the one or two or three people, last three people you've dated for those that have already dated people. And I want you to sit down and in a very courageous, mindful, honest way, Explore with yourself who you were while in those relationships. Who was I that I'm proud of? What are the things I did that I want to do again? Document all of that. And then I also want you to do the inverse, which is who was I that wasn't my best? Who was I with these people and in these relationships that I don't want to be again? Where do I have healthy shame or guilt around what I did or said? and document that. We need to be aware of who we are and what we're bringing forward. The scariest people are the people that think they've never done anything wrong and don't ever self-reflect on the damage they've done and the benefits and the positives of what they might have, you know, how they might have impacted so on. If you do nothing else, that is gonna be the most profound psychological thing because it can't just be, dating can't just be about, how can I best get someone? Well, hold on, hold on, we're adults now. Before we even worry about getting someone and just getting this like spot filled and feeling like an adult and whatever else you think relationships provide, first, please focus on mental health and say, listen, I impact someone when, when I'm brought into their life and I'm impacted when someone's brought into my life and I start with myself and I need to be aware of who I am and what I'm capable of. Past behavior helps us predict our most likely or possible future behavior and I want people to be aware of what their work is. Relationships in the past will show you that. You have to do a fearless moral inventory of what kind of partner you've been. If you do nothing else, that will be the most powerful thing. We get too focused on this other person. What are they providing for me? Who are they? Well, look at yourself first. That's the first thing you have to do. Then, 
Second thing is I don't want you to write a wish list. I don't want you to write, here's what I'm looking for in a partner. That's most likely your ego talking, especially if you're putting down qualities that are about height, weight, and income. Those things are rooted in anxiety and fantasy of what you think they'll provide. Why does it matter how tall your partner is? Why does it matter how much, how heavy or slim your partner is? None of those things matter when you're laying in bed having sex. None of those things matter when you're out to dinner. None of those things matter when you've had a hard work day and you need support. None of those things matter when someone important to you dies and you need to mourn with someone. None of those things matter when you're out experiencing the world and, and, and traveling or seeing art or whatever it is. None of those things matter when you're building a life day to day. That is your ego and your anxiety. That is you trying to perform and look and build the relationship that you think you need to have. And, you, and that's part of the work right there. What, what do you think that that will provide for you? Because what we really should be looking for is someone who we feel good with, someone we enjoy spending time with. We can't figure that out until we've sat with them and spent time with them. Are they consistent? Are they reliable? Are they responsive and are they available? Those are the core pieces of having a healthy, securely attached relationship. Because if you aren't that and they aren't that, then the structure of it, the structure of it already is fragile and nothing else will flow well or function well. But we don't think about these emotional psychological pieces. That's what we're talking about tonight. We focus in, instead on height, weight, income, social status. Are, do they have kids? Do they not? Those are peripheral because if you have the things I'm talking about, you will manage and weather all of that. You'll be able to tolerate being maybe a cis hetero female who's taller than her male partner because, oh my God, culturally we struggle with that. But that literally has nothing to do with anything. That just has to do with insecurity and ego. Be better than that. <clears throat> Amazing people exist at every height and every weight and every income bracket, but our ego and us wanting to present a certain way and us, there's this thing that we have called imaginary audience where we think the world's watching and what will people say? They're not and they won't say anything and if they do, who cares anyway? Be better than that. But the apps keep us trapped in that and so does our ego and so does our anxiety. And that's how we keep ourselves single. The minute I hear someone talking in those ways, I know they're keeping themselves stuck and they're keeping themselves single. None of those things should matter. All that really should matter on an app is their picture. And if you find them attractive, you go spend time with them because it's okay to want someone that you're attracted to. That's an important part of the affection system, the sexual system, the erotic system. Yes, it's okay to want to be with someone you're attracted to. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But what it's like to form a relationship with them is experiential. We have to... We have to experience them to know that. And then you just widen it out. Be as open as possible. Widen it out. I, let, I want people to hold loosely all these other ideas. Now, for those that don't want to get on the apps, that's cool. Although I think you're missing out on a lot of activity and possibility. So we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about, well, what do you do if you're one of the people who don't want to do that or that hasn't been feeling good? Because that's legit. I get it. I remember being on those things, freaking exhausting because people don't take them seriously. They're like, it's just an app. Um, No, it's a human being you're talking to. You just told on yourself. You're not that healthy. Where's your empathy? Where's your humanization? You know, These aren't objects. These are people. All right, we're going to take a little break and we're going to keep talking about this. I'm going to make you all pros at this. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about how to get out there and get back to dating. But as all, my, as all my topics provide, it's bigger than that. I'm helping you learn healthy relational skills. I'm also helping you learn how to make friends. Like you can inter, inter, intermingle different topics, pull out the word how to get back to dating, put in how to make friends, pull out, you know, dating, put in how to be a healthy partner with someone I've been with for decades. Uh, spend time in places that really reflect who you are. I hear a lot of people say, I'm not feeling good about the apps. I'm like, cool. And I'm like, so where are you going to meet people? And they're like, my couch or like, I guess, Trader Joe's. What? You're not going to meet anyone on the couch. You might meet someone at Trader Joe's, but that's not necessarily going to speak to you having things in common or common interests or passions. Go spend time in the places that are important or meaningful to you because A, you should be doing that anyway. I want us to be out in the world experiencing and participating, but also if they're there, 
Well, that might mean that you guys already have a commonality or something in common, something to start talking about, something to build upon. So yeah, wanting to get back into dating means you have to go participate in the world. A lot of people are laying on their couch, swiping around and they're saying, I don't like these apps. I'm not meeting anyone, but what they're really saying is I don't want to put the effort in. I, I want it to be easy. I want to be lazy about it and it's not working out. Help me. And I can't. <laughs> Commitment means you're willing to practice and do stuff. And if you're not willing to practice and do stuff, well, then you're not committed to the process and I can't help you. Um, I can't provide motivation. Um, you got to work on that on your own. You got to get out there. If you like concerts, go see a lot of concerts. And like I say to everyone who's single, you got to live in the world as though you're single, which means you got to be approachable and you have to approach. You have to make eye contact. You have to flirt. Again, you can't apply my version of I'm laying on the couch swiping. Why am I not meeting anyone? You can't say, well, I'm going to concerts because I want to meet someone who's also into that scene, but I'm unwilling to flirt, approach, be approached. I make it hard for people to talk to me. None of those things are going to help you. And so, yes, it's about stepping outside of our comfort zone, truly. You have to be willing to do that. And if not, work on that willingness and that motivation. It's, you know, everyone is is sitting back waiting for others to do the heavy lifting that they're not willing to do. And you can't, you can't fault others for doing what you're not willing to do. Why is no one asking me out? Well, why are you not willing to ask people out? Because your reason is probably their reason. Why, you know, why is no one assertive? Why aren't you willing to be? And get the gender out of there. I'll say that's on blue in the face. I don't care if you're a female or a male. It is on everyone to be assertive and to go after what they want. You are not let off that hook by saying, I'm a girl. People are supposed to hit on me. No, it's 2021 babes. Get over that. Let that go. We're not doing that stuff anymore. The cis hetero men I work with aren't willing to participate in that. They're saying, I don't want it always expected that I'm paying for dinner. I don't want to be expected to do the heavy lifting. Let me sometimes be passive. Let me sometimes feel desired and wanted. And I'm all here for that. Everyone should be paying the bills at times. Everyone should be asserting themselves and asking people out. And if you're hung up in those old school gender roles, good luck and God bless. I can't help you. I don't think in those terms. And you then can't complain when the dark side of those terms shows up because that style of dating is quite patriarchal, possessive, and sexist. And so if that's your jam, I'm not for you. I can't help you. <laughs> Go with God. My work is about those that actually want to find what they're looking for. And they know that those labels aren't real things. That the worst way to label someone in and try to make sense of who they are is by these gender terms, man or woman. It tells us nothing about who that person is. Nothing at all. When you tell me someone's gender, I've learned literally nothing about who they are and how they move through the world. Let go of all that. For a lot of people, that traps them. Um, also, this is something that's come up a lot in my office. Keep the conversation light at the beginning. A lot of us, because of our anxiety of wanting to just get through it all on paper theoretically to symbolically figure out if we're compatible, we'll, we'll overly analyze to assess compatibility. Well, what are you into sexually? What do you like to do for vacations? And it's like we're going through this job interview. And if we don't like what we hear, we kick them out. Let go of all of that. Go experience people. Just go be in the relationship. Here's my soundbite. Stop talking about it theoretically and go be in it and see. You cannot sit there with your little notepad asking questions, thinking that that will help you understand what it would be like to be with this person in the world. It will not. Let go of these little lists. So we're going to be rocking those apps. We're going to be going out and going out with friends. Let your friends know, and this is something that should be acceptable if you have good friends. Hey guys, I'm single. I'm looking to date. You can say to them, I, I, I want to go out Friday and I'm going to be using a lot of that time to try to meet people. You can ask your friends to help you. I remember when I was single, these adorable times with my friends trying to help me by supporting me, motivating me, helping put me in certain situations. Also, it's okay to ask your friends if they know anyone that maybe you could be set up with. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I want us to have no shame in recognizing we're single and we want to date. I also think for those that participate in hookup culture, and I think you all should, what? Yeah, that's right. Because there's multiple ways of, of, of finding compatibility with someone, and you can start anywhere. I've had some of the most amazing relationships that were supposed to be just sex only in a hookup. But through the hookup, which is a beautiful way to learn about compatibility, I realized there's something here. 
and we decided to go on a date and then we dated for years. So don't shame the hookup culture as though if you're in hookup culture and hooking up that that means you can't find a partner and that you're not serious about it. No, it's quite the opposite. It means you're taking advantage of all entry points uh, to assess compatibility and to meet people. And hooking up does not mean that that person and you I've taken off the table any possibility of dating if you like each other. You absolutely will. And no, that does not communicate to the wider world who is not aware of what you're doing and doesn't care what you're doing and is not watching you. But we still like to think that somehow, again, there's this imaginary audience tracking us. And if I'm hooking up sometimes, well, then everyone knows I'm not serious about a partner. That's not true either. In fact, it's quite the opposite because you're willing to put yourself out there in all the different ways that you can be with people to assess if you like these people. So yeah, ask out your hookups. Ask out your F buddies your friends with benefits. Ask them out if you're interested in them. There's no, we're allowed to ask anyone out as long as there's consent and we're tracking empathy and seeing how we're landing on people. Ask people out. When in doubt, ask them out. That is what this is about, risk. We have to do it. We gotta take a little break. We're gonna come back, finish this out, and then we'll be sliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and uh, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're talking about returning to dating, but it's a far bigger topic than that. And I don't know, I never agree with writing a wish list of what you're looking for because you don't know what you need and you don't know what the what it's going to look like. And I think that traps us. Then we start comparing everyone to this list of ideals and maybe something awesome is far outside of that. So I think we need to experience people, not assess them. And we usually have these little lists. And early on, we want to ask all these questions to try to just get things figured out and out of the way. Like, do you want kids? Are you interested in getting married? And it's like, oh my God, this person doesn't even know you. So they can only answer it from the perspective of some random person I don't know well is asking me these big questions and I haven't even experienced them. So how do I even know what it feels like to be with them? So I can't even conceive of whether or not I want to marry them or have kids with them. Our anxiety runs the show. You have to be willing to just go experience people. When in doubt, go find out. When in doubt, ask them out. Spend time around them. See how that feels. You have to be willing to go through some stages of relational development before you ask these big questions. No one can even begin to conceive of answering these things. Oh my God, no one knows if they want to get married or not. Depends on who the person's with. Here's my answer when people use ask me questions like, do you want kids? Do you want to get married? And I say to them, well, it depends. What's going on in this magic relationship at that time? Um, at the time when it's appropriate to consider marriage and kids, am I in a healthy, respectful relationship with someone who's available, consistent, reliable, and responsive, and we're compatible and we're loving with each other? Well, then sure, of course I could. But if it's toxic and we're not getting along, well, then no, I would not want that. Like, what? No one can answer questions like this. So you have to go find out. Let go of all this anxiety and these questions. Be willing to step out there. No, it doesn't matter how long it's been since your last relationship. Studies show over and over the time between relationships does not determine the success of the next one. So you can jump right back into dating if you want. What determines success is the health of the people while they're dating, which is why I keep saying, look at who you've been. Look at who you don't want to be again. Look at your wish list. Is that your ego and anxiety talking? Because if you're really looking for love, then you don't have a wish list. You're getting out of the way of worrying about height and weight and income and all those things. You're willing to take the time and energy to go out with people and to find out who they are and to see what it feels like to sit with them. You're open to still participating in hookup culture because you can find love through hooking up. I can't tell you how many people have. We're not narrowing on our op we're not narrowing our options. We're opening them. We need more options. We're going out more. We're going out with our friends. We're going to places that are important to us. I wouldn't look for love at a bar or a club where people are drunk and sloppy and messy and can't hold conversations and you can't hear them. And usually they're just out for a night of fun. You have to branch outside of that. Go to places where you can actually sit and talk and hear each other. And when people aren't intoxicated and they're leading from their better themselves and they're not out just looking for fun. So I do think that kind of matters. I've said that to clients. Every weekend you're out with your friends in these dark spaces wasted. Can love still happen? Sure. Most is it most likely? No. So you have to be very thoughtful about where you're putting yourselves and how you're showing up in those spaces. Also remember your social media. People very smartly want to know your social media handles because you're promoting yourself and marketing yourself on your social media. Your social media is a marketing tool, whether you want it to be or not. People are looking at who you think you are. When I go on someone's social media, I learn what they think their best is because you're leading with it. And also what your value system is based on what you're posting and talking about. And if someone's just posting tons of thirst traps, 
that's your best is your body. I'm already bored. What am I supposed to do with that on a date? What am I supposed to do with that in a tough moment? What am I supposed to do with that when I need support? Cause I lost a loved one. I don't care about your abs. So if it's just a bunch of shirtless pics, well, you're telling someone, this is what I think is important. This is what I think's my best. And that's what I'm leading with. And it's like, oh, well, that's kind of limiting. So be aware of that. You know, be aware of what parts of yourself you're leading with. That really does matter. And I'm not body shaming. I'm not being sex phobic. If, if that's all that's important, you go with that. But that's really limiting. And you're not letting someone know the rest of you, your total and full self. I can't get my, I can't understand someone who just does that. And for me, that was always a turnoff. Whether you guys like hearing that or not, I don't actually care, but that was always a turnoff for me. Cause I was like, uh, that's not meaningful to me. That's not important to me. And I think they're trapped to me. That was a sign of someone being trapped in, um, respectability politics, desirability politics, and really didn't know who they were. I know there's nothing wrong with leading with our eroticism, but like when people are trying to figure out who you are, if that's all you post, it's not going to help them learn more about you, period. I'm sorry. So be thoughtful about that. I think that does really matter. Um, and we have to get rid of this anxiety. But at the end of the day, y'all, make dating fun. Choose fun places. Get yourself in a good headspace. Put on that music that jazzes you up. Do what you need to do so you can show up open-hearted, soft, I remember going on dates, people came in hard. They were burnout, they were frustrated. And I was just kind of like, this isn't even fun. <laughs> so give yourself a little pep talk, play the right kind of music, be open, be open to being surprised, show up with curiosity. And I'm gonna leave you this one final thought, date to be known, not to be liked. The success of a date isn't in whether or not they liked you or you liked them. Sometimes the success is realizing I brought my true self, they brought their true self, and we're not a match. And that was good to know. And that date was successful because we were able to find that out sooner. And that's because we were both our honest selves. But if you go in trying to be liked and you're like, I'm going to wear what I think they want me to wear and I'm going to take them where I think I need to take them, then it's false selves showing up and you can't really assess true compatibility. So bring your true self, go to the places you like to go, dress in the ways you like to dress, be your honest self. And if it doesn't go well and it doesn't feel good, that was important to know. And that actually was a success. We're not selling dreams. We're selling ourselves. So you got to bring your true self. All right, y'all. We'll be back. We're going to slide into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, we're back, y'all. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. The DMs come from our Loveline IG page. This one says, uh, hey, Dr. Kristen Loveline. So I'm on a bunch of dating apps. Good for you. Sometimes you got to be on more than one, even though sometimes it's a lot of the same people, but it hits different, you know. Uh, but I have a really hard time making the first move. See? Everyone does though. Everyone wants to be safe and protected. No one wants to be vulnerable. No one wants to put themselves out there and get rejected. If you're afraid of rejection, it means you haven't been rejected enough. That's right. Because once you're rejected a lot, you realize, eh, it's not that deep and you move on. I remember saying that to a buddy of mine. He was really scared to hit on a guy he had a crush on. And I was like, why? And he goes, well, I'm afraid of rejection. I said, how often are you rejected? He said, well, not a lot because I don't put myself out there. And I said, that's the problem. Go get rejected more. I've been rejected tons of times. I've rejected a lot of people. I've been rejected. That's why I'm comfortable doing both when I'm you know, out there dating and single. And I, you know what I mean? It's part of the process. Uh, so go do it more. Go find ways to get more rejected. When in doubt, ask someone out. Put yourself out there more. Get more familiar with it. Nothing bad happens. It's really not that deep. I think we catastrophize what that feeling's like. It's really nothing. It's just like, eh. I know it's harder for some than others, but we have to learn how to sit in that. We don't, we don't learn how to deal with an emotion by avoiding it. We have to learn how to get better about it, and we get better about it by experiencing and encountering it more. So, yeah. And again, this is an example of someone wanting everyone else to do what they won't do. I don't understand why no one's asking me out or being assertive. Well, yes, you do, because you're, you're struggling with the same thing. So you do understand that. And you also then understand how great it is when someone does that. Back to your question. Half the time you said, I don't even get a reply. The other half of the time, I feel like it never goes anywhere. Yeah, you're right. 
that's how that system goes. I don't know what to tell you. That's like saying, you know, it's hard to find a job. I send out resumes. I hear back sometimes and other times I don't. Yes, that is how that goes. So all you're really saying is I'm really out there trying. Um, that I can't change. I have no magic wand to make that more easy or reasonable. All I can say is what I keep saying, which is <clears throat> it's a numbers game. Put the time and energy in. Put the time and energy in. I don't know where we got the idea that we should be on those apps for a month, a day, a year, and magically we should find something. Nothing is promised. Nothing is promised. It might take you five years. But in those after five years, when you finally find it, you'll be glad you put the time in. That's all I can say. I don't make the rules. I don't know what to tell you. Hang in there. Keep asking people out. Be vulnerable. Take risks. That's all I can tell you. That's all we got. That's not, it's not really a therapy issue. It's just kind of a how about that. That's how that goes. I know it's a tough system. So beyond multiple apps, I want to know what your assessment system is. Um, I don't believe everyone's rejecting you. There are people that'd be interested in you. Maybe the people that are interested in you are people you're not interested in. Really unpack why that is and if the reasons for not being interested in them are meaningful or if they're rooted in your ego and your fragility. Is it because of their height, because of their weight, because of their race, because of their income? Those are all not real things that should be blocks. None of those things should matter. We should be going out and experiencing people. So maybe you need to give more people a chance. But yes, you do need to be more assertive. You cannot be on those apps and not be assertive and think it's going to be successful. You can't. So you need to go work on motivation and assertiveness skills. You can do that with therapy. You can do that by just putting yourself out there more and learning how to deal with that discomfort. There's probably some great books on it, but that's how that world goes. It requires active use. You have to be active or just log off. You can't just be sitting there again, waiting for the right people to hit you up. It doesn't always work that way. There's some people that might be ideal for you, but they're not being given the chance to show that because they're waiting for you to hit on them. It's this bizarre feedback loop. So if you're going to be on them, make use of them. Commit to maybe hitting on three people every single day on those. You have nothing to lose. It's an app. You're not even standing in front of them. It's a message. And if they respond, they respond. But also make sure you're not reaching out by saying things like, hey, hi, W-Y-D. Like everyone's bored of these canned, simple, safe, you know, entry points. So approach them with something meaningful and engaging, something open-ended, something that's worth responding to. Like if I was on the apps, I wouldn't respond to someone being like, hi, like, really? That's all you got? Nah, we're not, we're not a match, you know? But even that would be me being ridiculous because maybe you really are. Maybe you're a soft startup, but who knows? So lead with better intros. I think that's also part of the problem sometimes is like actually sit with who you think they are, actually share a part of yourself that they can connect to. But good luck. It's a numbers and time game. I, I don't make the rules. I, I, I'm not able to change that system. I can only help people utilize it to the best, you know? All right, y'all. That is our show. Spend the rest of the night focusing on tons of self-care, as much rest as possible. Please find some joy and pleasure. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you. We'll be back tomorrow night. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. And you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.